0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. Tax season is here, and that means that it's time to file your taxes. There's good news. If you're a W 2 employee, you can save half off your filing. All you have to do is call the Tax Defense Group before April 15th, 2020, and mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios. Millions of Americans will get money back after they file, and you can be one of them. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800. 800- 850 7973. That number again is 800 850 7973. And you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Writer Junkie. Are you looking to make more money in 2020? One of the best ways to do that is by having a new resume that can help you get that dream job. Writer Junkie offers affordable, well written resumes for the low cost of $145. They'll even throw in a cover letter for no additional charge. All you have to do is mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios and they'll get right to work. Call Rider Junkie today at 805-587-7966 and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders Weekly Podcast alongside UCAS Studios and brought to you by the Tax Defense Group and RiderJunkie.com. I am your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance if I sound a little stuffed up. My nose is running. I got the sniffles a little bit. Been battling a cold here lately. Uh, so I apologize. In advance for how, how it might sound, I don't think this podcast will be too long, but again, just want to apologize for that. Uh, not a whole lot I can do about it right now. I feel like I've been battling a cold uh, for a couple months now, but it is what it is, so... Um, yeah, so I I feel like it's been a little while since I've been on, on the podcast here. Um, if you follow Lakers Outsiders on on social media, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, or you just go on our, our website, lakersoutsiders.com, um, I'm going to go ahead and plug Hani Amadi and actually did a podcast uh, regarding the topic I'm going to lead off with today, uh, which is Markeith Morris signing with the Lakers after being bought out by the Detroit Pistons. And uh, really interesting podcast because he had um, a friend of his, um, Aaron Johnson, writes for the uh, Palace of Pistons, uh, so got a pretty close look at Marquise Morris this season, and uh, you know was able to to kind of go in in depth a little bit on what Lakers fans can expect with Marquise Morris. Uh, I'm going to share my thoughts on that signing and uh, just kind of what I think he can bring to the team moving forward, um, but. As always, guys. Before uh, I get started, make sure uh, that you guys like this video and subscribe to UCast Studios and Lakers Outsiders on YouTube, on iTunes, um, Spotify, Podbean, all those wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to uh, subscribe to Lakers Outsiders and UCast Studios. There, like I mentioned, you can follow Lakers Outsiders uh, at, excuse me, on Twitter at Lakers Outsiders. Uh, same thing with Instagram. And you can like us on Facebook as well. And of course, you can get all of our content on LakersOutsiders.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Gary Kester. That is G A R Y K E S T E R. All right. So the Lakers bring in a new player, which is kind of what everybody's been wanting. You know, even though things have been going really, really well for the Lakers, they're 44 and 12 currently, and they are first in the West by a pretty comfortable margin, looking like they're going to have home court advantage in the Western Conference playoffs. Uh, maybe not the NBA Finals if they get there, because the Bucks are playing really well, but the Lakers are sitting comfortably atop of the Western Conference right now, which is great. With that being said, there has been some pretty glaring areas that need to be improved on this roster, and a lot of fans were upset that... The team didn't address that with the with the trade or at the trade deadline and didn't make a move. They they stood pat and stuck with the roster that they had. Uh, I kind of explained my thoughts on that on one of the more recent podcasts. So uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, kind of explain my thoughts on that and why I didn't have take much of an issue with it. But um, they did make a change. They did make a change here and they pick up Markeith Morris uh, from the Detroit Pistons and. They In a surprising move, something that was very, very surprising to me was they went ahead and released uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Um, it may not be surprising to some people, I guess, because DeMarcus Cousins it looked like it was probably going to be a long shot for him to play at all this season with the with the Lakers, um, because he's coming off the, the torn ACL that he suffered back in last summer. Uh, there was an outside shot. He could return in the playoffs. Uh, I never thought that that was going to be very smart. Uh, I think with the amount of leg injuries that he's, he's suffered, a, you know, a few major leg injuries, um, and being, you know, a, a big man, a big man that, um, kind of plays some out on the perimeter too with his three point shooting and things like that. And teams are certainly going to put in, in pick and roll defense, uh, I, you know, I, I was always kind of against playing DeMarcus Cousins this year. I do hope that he is a Laker again next year. I do know that the Lakers like him a lot, and I know that they didn't want to necessarily release him, but they also really value this team's chemistry, and I think releasing a player like uh, Troy Daniels, for example. Uh, not saying that it can't still happen, but I think they, the idea was adding a player to this roster that, you know, can contribute while losing someone that was not contributing on the court. Uh, I think Demarcus Cousins has been a pro for this team, and, and, and it seems like he's worked hard to try and get back on the court. He's rehabbed and and done all the right things, and it sounds like he's he's the, been a pretty strong voice in that locker room, uh, holding guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis accountable and telling them you know when they got to step up and, and things like that, and really uh, being that that strong powerful voice in the locker room uh, when it's been needed so um i applaud demarcus cousins for what he's done for this team this year it looks like you know he's, he's still going to be around the team um unless somebody else signs him um but i you know i think there was video of him i saw uh, this morning that he was still working out with uh working out in the lakers facility um so he, he's still going to be around the team obviously um you know the the team wants to to bring him back next year, and I, I don't blame them at all. That would be uh, really interesting to see him next to Davis and, and LeBron James, assuming um, AD does resign. Uh, the only difference really with Cousins is that he can't sit on the bench at these games anymore, and he can't travel with the team. So, uh, But he can still be present at practices and, and workouts and things like that. So uh, he's definitely going to be around the team. was still surprised that, to see that they let him go, because I know the Lakers do like him uh, quite a bit. But with Marquise Morris, I really do like this pickup. Uh, a lot of people were upset that the Lakers didn't pick up uh, Marcus Morris, his his twin brother, from the Knicks at the trade deadline. I can't go into too much depth, in really, in terms of what I've heard regarding that situation, but I can I can comfortably say that the asking price. That the Knicks had for the Lakers was significantly higher than what it was for the Clippers. That's that's what I've heard, and the Lakers, basically, the, from the details that I heard, it was a no-brainer to not pursue that. So, um, again, you can take that with a grain of salt. I mean, I'm not an inside, you know, I'm not a reporter or anything like that. But um, yeah, the, the the trade for for Marcus Morris didn't make a ton of sense uh, when. You know, you really kind of look uh, beyond the surface, and the Lakers weren't going to make a trade just to make a trade. Um, you know, it had to be something that was a significant upgrade to their roster. And I like getting Marquise Morris because he can still, um, you know, I, I don't know if he's as good as Marcus is, uh, but I think he's he's probably a he might be a better fit. Kind of understands his role, I guess, uh, with this team, um, and I think he's going to fit in just fine. It's just going to take him some time it could take 10 15 games however long uh to really get you know get acquainted with this with this roster with this group and and you know get get comfortable luckily still has plenty of time still has 26 games uh assuming my math is correct 26 more games uh cuz he does have a game under his belt now um but he has 26 more games to get acquainted with this team and, and really kind of get in the flow of things. And I think he will. I think he will. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, what he does. Um, but just kind of a little uh, a little background on Markeith Morris. For those that don't know, um, he is wearing number 88 for the Lakers, which is very, very interesting. I think uh, the only other Laker player I can remember wearing 88 was Christian Iyenga, Back in the day, and I, I think that was for one game. I think it was just for one game, but I, I'm not 100 sure on that. Um, but yeah, looking at, at uh, Morris's numbers this year, uh, play he's played in 45 games, averaged 22 minutes a game, shooting 45% from the field, 39.3% from the three-point line. Very, very good. 77.8 uh, percent from the free throw line, averaged uh, 11 points a game so far this year. About about on on track for his career average, um, but his three point shooting he his he's a career 34 percent three point shooter, and this year he's he's at 39 percent. So a big uptick there in his three point shooting. So hopefully that uh, continues to be the case with with the Lakers. Even though couldn't get his shot to go um in the in the one game that he's played against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh but still, you know, made made some plays and seemed to be, you know, kinda in the right place at the right time a couple of times. And um, you know, I, I think he fit in. You know, I think he fit in as as well as, you know, you could really ask for a role player playing in their first game with a brand new team. Um going up against a you know a team that uh you know the Pelicans are tough, man. The Pelicans have been a different team with Zion Williamson and uh, they're they're a tough team, and, and you know they provided a, a pretty good challenge for the Lakers, and that, that could be a first round preview, um, which would be interesting to see. But um, no, I, I'm happy with this Morris pickup. I think he's gonna you know get a lot of open three point shot attempts, um, especially if the Lakers stagger their lineups and have guys like Davis and LeBron. Obviously, LeBron uh, being the the creator and the facilitator that he is, uh, I think. That's going to free up a lot of shots for other guys. Danny Green benefited from it a lot in the the Pelicans game. hit five of his nine three-pointers. So if Morris can knock down open threes, I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, Another reason why I really like this pickup is because Morris um, is is kind of a natural four. uh, Kind of that stretch four, um, which is really, really good. And I think that can put uh, Kyle Kuzma at his... More natural position, you know. Kuzma coming in was kind of like this three-four combo. You didn't really, you know, you weren't exactly sure what he was. Could kind of do a little bit of both, um, and then the Lakers experimented with playing him as as a small ball five at times, and that didn't work. But uh, to me, Kuzma's a wing. I think he's a small forward at this point. He he has kind of a perimeter style offensive game. Um, can be a three-level scorer which I you know I like about Kuzma and that's why I continue to to believe he's gonna he's gonna be able to figure it out and become a very valuable weapon for this team Uh, hopefully you know in the playoffs when it matters the most Um, but I think with Morris there being you know he's a pretty physical presence Uh, he's a tough presence I think uh, mentally and physically Um, kind of gives you a a little bit of an enforcer I mean him and him and his brother are kind of similar in that respect and uh, I think it allows Kyle Kuzma to slide back over to the three uh, where he's a little more it's a little more natural to to his game and I think that's going to just have pieces fall into place a little bit more naturally and I think that's going to be good for this team it's just going to take a little bit a little bit of time um, for you know those guys to, to get acquainted with one another and build that chemistry on the court and uh, really get used to playing alongside one another and like develop uh, you know develop the, the trust and and um, kind of gather each other's tendencies and and things like that. So I'm a big fan of this this deal and or uh, this this pickup and and really I think <clears throat> the the big thing for me with getting Marquise Morris is the Lakers didn't have to give up anything. You know, they, they didn't have to give up any picks. They didn't give up any players like they would have had to do for Marcus Morris or any other player at the trade deadline. They simply just added to the group that they have. Um, again, they lose to Marcus Cousins, but I think Cousins still going to be around the team. And I don't think that that's a huge issue. Um, and I would anticipate that he hopefully is a Laker next year because I'd really like to see... Uh, him and AD back on the court together, and especially with a guy like LeBron uh, out there as well. So, I I'm a big fan of this. I think Rob Pelinka did a good job here. Um, as soon as he became available, the, the Lakers were announced uh, as front runners, and they they got it done. Um, and a lot of people had been complaining that the Lakers weren't doing a good job on the buyout market and this and that. They got to start getting these guys and and whatever, but. You know, at the end of the day, free agency is a two-way street. Teams can't force players to sign with them. They can't just say, hey, you're a free agent, we want you. You sign right here. Uh, you know, the players have to want to be there too. So, um, and sometimes, you know, in the buyout market, there's there's a handful of contenders all vying for the same same players, and uh, sometimes you can get them, sometimes you can't. So uh, it just really depends on what that player is looking for and, and whatnot. But the Lakers... You know, got they got a piece that I think is going to be a good role player for them. Not only to, to finish the season, but I think he's a guy um, that is you know is going to give the Lakers good minutes in the playoffs as well. So I think that that's very important. Like I said, if he can get Kuzma a little more comfortable, because um, I think Kuzma's kind of struggled adjusting to his new role this year, uh, where there's two superstars on the roster and not just one. Um, you know, if Kuzma settles into his role a little bit and, you know, he he's, he's able to get his offense to be a little more consistent and he's able to knock down uh, three the three-point shot at a higher rate, I think that's big for this, this Lakers team. So hopefully Morris, uh, Markeith Morris, is the missing piece to that puzzle and can really, uh, you know, kind of have everything fall into place. He can't necessarily do anything about the uh the backup point guard situation uh but i am going to be talking about on about that on the next podcast so that's a podcast uh in and of itself um those are my thoughts on morris let me know what you guys think about markeith morris in in, in the comments uh i'm curious to know what you guys think uh you excited for this move you think it's just meh you know or, or are you not excited for it whatever uh let me know Let me know. I want to hear it. Uh, I'm excited for it. And I think he's going to be a big help for the Lakers uh, moving forward. So uh, before I talk about the last couple games for the Lakers, I'm going to take a quick break and give you a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by the tax defense group. Tax season is here and that means that it's time to file your taxes. There's good news. If you're a W2 employee, you can save half off your filing. All you have to do is call the Tax Defense Group before April 15th, 2020, and mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios. Millions of Americans will get money back after they file, and you can be one of them. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973. That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Writer Junkie. Are you looking to make more money in 2020? One of the best ways to do that is by having a new resume that can help you get that dream job. Writer Junkie offers affordable, well-written resumes for the low cost of $145. They'll even throw in a cover letter for no additional charge. All you have to do is mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios and they'll get right to work. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966 and you can visit them online at writerjunkie.com. Alright, so before I get out of here, I want to talk about the last couple games for the Lakers. The Lakers actually have quietly put together a nice little win streak here going into the uh, the All-Star break. They, they reeled off a couple wins in a row, especially uh, that last one uh, was really, really exciting at Denver winning in overtime. Uh, so they won their last three games going into the All Star break. They've won their first three coming out of the All Star break, uh, beating the Memphis Grizzlies one seventeen to one hundred five. That game in the Pelicans game felt kind of similar, where it seemed like the Lakers would kind of um, extend the lead out a little bit, and the you know they let a young team kind of start to fight back, and then the Lakers would put it push it back out, and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, interesting game, but we'll talk about the Boston game first I want to focus um, really on the Celtics game and the Pelicans game I thought they were both very very interesting the Celtics game the Lakers jumped out and got off to a you know pretty strong start there in the first half um, and then kind of did this thing that they've been doing you know before or a lot uh, throughout the season the Lakers have had comeback wins but there, there's just been like this tendency that when they get smacked in the mouth, it kind of rattles them a little bit, and they kind of get out of their game, um, you know. And I, I kind of worry about that a little bit coming, you know, going into the playoffs. Because in the playoffs, I mean, you're not getting, you know, teams like Phoenix or Golden State or Sacramento. You know, you're not getting those those weak teams. You're getting tough team every single night. Um, you know, a team that's game planning for you specifically, basically for that whole week to week and a half period that you're playing them. Um, and you're going to get smacked in the mouth in the playoffs. That's playoff basketball. It's tough. It's physical. Um, a team, you're playing against the best teams. Uh, so uh, it felt like the Lakers, again, this was kind of an instance where they really, really struggled when they got smacked in the mouth um, and you know let Boston really uh, go on a nice little run there. Um, it was a very good game, though. It was a very, very good game. It was kind of back and forth. Uh, I thought the officiating was very poor. I thought the until basically the very end uh the Lakers did uh get the benefit of a couple calls there at the end, but to me, that made up for how bad it was earlier in the game against the Lakers uh so I had no sympathy towards Celtics fans uh complaining about the officiating you know to me it it all balanced out in the end but Jason Tatum was really lighting up the Lakers, and I, I got to tip my cap to Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Uh, I thought he he really hounded Tatum in the fourth quarter. I actually thought Kuzma did a pretty good job on on Jason Tatum, um, had a number of possessions um, in the second half where I thought he did a good job uh, kind of walling off Tatum a little bit, kind of limiting that dribble penetration, and, and KCP was just very... You could tell it was very irritating for Tatum uh, at the end of that game. Uh, You know, drew a couple... or drew the offensive foul at, at the end. Uh, there was also a play where it could have been an offensive foul on Tatum. Uh, it could have been I mean maybe a foul on KCP, uh, but they let him play on, and uh, the ball went out of bounds off of off of Tatum. I think he caught the or touched the ball while he was kind of falling out of bounds. But uh, KCP man did a really really good job in the fourth quarter defensively. Uh, Lakers did a good job really adjusting in that fourth quarter because Tatum was just cutting them up and uh, they did a good job to, to really slow him down in that fourth quarter and get back in the game, um, get into a position to win the game. And credit to LeBron James, man. Hit a beautiful, beautiful uh, turnaround fadeaway jumper over Jalen Brown uh, to, to give the Lakers the lead, and and they didn't relinquish it after that. Uh, they, they made it a little harder than they needed to, missing a couple free throws, um, but that was, a, that was a good win. It was, I mean, it's always great to beat the Celtics, Of course, Um, but that's a team that's even without Kimball Walker is playing very, very well right now. And, you know, it's a rivalry game. It's tough. I mean, Boston, as I'm recording, this is up 15 at Utah right now, which Utah is really struggling right now. But Boston's been kind of on a nice little roll lately. Uh, So it was nice for the Lakers to get that win, beat a beat a quality team. And um, you know, not not a very hard-fought win. So I was proud of them for for digging deep. Even though, like I said, there has been a habit that when they get punched in the mouth, it, it does rattle them a little bit. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. Hopefully, that's something that gets resolved over the the last uh, like quarter or so of the season. The New Orleans Pelicans game, uh, I'll just start by saying LeBron James was absolutely phenomenal in this game. Uh, 40 points for him. It was a season high, I believe, for him. Uh, got the Lakers to 44-12 and on the year. One of those games, kind of like I, I mentioned with the the Memphis Grizzlies game a couple games ago, Lakers seemed like they you know, jumped off to a pretty strong start. Uh, and then let the pelicans come back and then they pushed the lead back out and let the pelicans come back and then they pushed the lead back out and eventually they they pushed out a lead that the, the pelicans couldn't come back from um pelicans you know had a, had a few really good performances i thought zion williamson uh was was tough to handle i mean 19 free throws on the on the day uh finished with 29 points uh i feel like this box score is not Correct. Oh, maybe yeah. Uh, seems like a lot. Seems like a lot. But uh, now Zion is is tough because he's just such an athletic freak, and you saw that on display a few times. Um, just a tough, tough cover. But Brandon Ingram also played really, really well. Um, but the Lakers did a good job, I think, on everybody else. They really kind of kept a lot of a lot of different guys in check, uh, especially uh, Drew Holiday. Five of nineteen from the field. Drew Holiday is a very good player. Uh, finished with eleven points and nine assists. But it was a very inefficient um 11 points so that's 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 big uh lakers really clamped down defensively uh when when they needed to which which is important so like i said lebron 40 points 17 to 27 shooting five of 11 from three he's been it feels like he's been red hot from the three point line here lately that's very very good to see He also had eight boards six assists uh seven turnovers which isn't great but i mean other than that i mean he was phenomenal in this game i mean the pelicans just have nobody to stop him which is why i know some people would be concerned because of Zion and and the pelicans could could be a tough matchup for the lakers and I, I think they they could be there's potential for that um but man i just i don't think they have anybody to guard lebron and and ultimately i think if they met in the first round the lakers would would move on I'd, i wouldn't be overly worried about it uh, knock on wood um but uh, KCP, I thought played really well. 15 points for him. Six of 11 shooting. Hit three threes. Alex Caruso, man. You guys know I'm a big Caruso guy. But 17 minutes, he was a plus 20 on the game. I'm not a huge fan of single game plus minus, but I do like trends with stats like that. And he seems to always trend positive. Uh, so eight, I mean, eight points, eight assists in 17 minutes. I mean, that's really, really good. And, um, giving basically the Lakers haven't had that most of the year. You know, they've gotten it in in certain games from from Rondo, um maybe bits and pieces from the other guys, um but that those 8 assists that's so big that the Lakers can get another creator outside of LeBron James because he's had to do so much uh with the the creating offense for other guys that when he goes out of the game, the offense really really suffers. So if they can get another presence like like that, they can um, impact the, the playmaking and set up other guys um, for for some easy buckets or some just os- some open looks and, and trust that they'll knock him down. I think that's that's big. And then Caruso, obviously his defense is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, credited with two steals and one block. Um, but, man, he just seems like he's always in the right place at the right time. Uh, had unbelievable recovery uh, or help side recovery and block on Lonzo Ball. Uh, and then followed it up shortly after with uh with a three-point play, um, he's just—he's just a spark plug, man. He's a spark plug, and uh, I'll talk about this more on the next podcast that I record regarding him and Rondo and that backup point guard spot. Um, but man, I just continue to be really, really impressed with Alex Caruso, and uh, hopefully, he just gets a bigger—a bigger role moving forward because I think he's—he's he's a highly impactful player. Um, but yeah, in this game. Anthony Davis was 6 of 21 from the field. Kind of back-to-back poor showings from him. Uh, still, I mean, I say poor showing. I think he had 32, uh, 32 and 13 in the Celtics game, but it just seemed like he didn't play very well, uh, which is crazy to say with somebody with that that kind of stat line. In this game, he had 21 points and 14 boards. Uh, also threw in six block shots. Uh, still brings it on defense every game. Uh, I don't care what, you know, in-depth defensive metrics, NBA Twitter brings up to try and discredit Davis and hype up Rudy Gobert. I'll take Anthony Davis on my team every damn day of the week, especially on the defensive side of the floor. Uh, offensively, I don't know. I know his. You know he's had the calf injury, so maybe that's bothering him. It seem like uh, there's been times this year where he's kind of struggled with with some physicality, and I, you know, I hope that I'm not. Getting or I don't start to get those 2008 kind of Pau Gasol vibes, and I love Pau Gasol, love, love, love Pau Gasol. Um, but 2008 was kind of a hard lesson for him to learn um, in terms of physicality at his position. So I hope we don't learn that same uh, same lesson with Davis. Um, and I hope you know when the playoffs roll around, he's ready to go and he's you know much more assertive and more physical. Um, seemed like he was getting to his spots in in this game and you know was getting good looks just couldn't seem to get him to go and i don't know if that's due to the calf or if it's just due to maybe some fatigue because we're this deep into the season or whatnot or what's going on um but like to see him knock some of those shots down uh because the lakers are going to obviously need him him and lebron to be very good on offense uh moving forward if they want to try and win a championship this year so uh i hope from a toughness standpoint that Markeith Morris. Adds that element as a little bit more element of of toughness to this team, both mentally and physically, um, and hopefully, uh, you know, we don't learn the same kind of lesson that we saw the Lakers learn in 2008 about being um, just being tough enough um, to win a championship. So hopefully, we don't have to learn that lesson. Hopefully, they are tough enough this year, and uh, they're they're ready to go when the playoffs are all around. But been been some signs here and there that they can be a little concerning. Not freaking out about it, but. Just, just a minor concern at this point. So, um, But at the end of the day, it's, it's a win. Uh, Got to like all the wins that are racking up. The Lakers are 44-12. and 12. Like I said, sitting comfortably uh, in first place in the Western Conference. I believe there's six games up in the loss column on, on Denver, who's number two. Uh, so they're sitting pretty. They're, they're sitting pretty. I think their magic number to clinch a playoff spot officially is five. So five Laker wins or five Pelicans and uh, Blazer losses. The Lakers have the tiebreaker over both of them. So uh, not that it's a concern. It's more like I'm just looking forward to the day that they clinch that playoff spot. And then it becomes, let's just focus on keeping the one seed um, at that point and keeping home court. So uh, for, for those of you that are into that sort of thing, uh, Lakers could theoretically clinch a playoff spot uh, within... Probably the next week, one or two weeks, I would think. So, um, like I said, good win. That's six in a row for the Lakers. Quietly building a nice win streak, uh, kind of like we saw earlier in the season, uh, which is good because they, you know, went through some some struggles here and there, um, you know, especially with the the injuries and whatnot. But looks like they're getting back on track and playing some good basketball. They play the Golden State Warriors next um, in Golden State, and LeBron James will not play in that game. Looks like. Uh, they they called it a groin injury. To me, it sounds like load management. Uh, sounds like LeBron earned a um, or, or is getting a very well earned night off uh, after uh, that game. And now, I mean, the sense the Lakers, this is kind of the luxury that they've they've built with um, building this big lead in the Western Conference standings. Is now you can start to rest these guys a little bit and keep them fresh, keep them healthy, and really uh, get get their bodies ready uh, for postseason play because once you know the playoffs start obviously it's all hands on deck so uh, hopefully Lakers can can stay healthy and can get guys uh, as close to hundred percent as possible and they'll be ready to go for uh, when the playoffs roll around all right this actually went longer than I thought uh, again let me guys let me know guys what you think um, in the comments regarding Markeith Morris, I also think the next podcast that I do, I'm going to answer um, some some of your guys' questions, so if you have questions that you want answered on the podcast, the next podcast topic, um, I think I'm going to do for the first half, I'm going to talk about Alex Crusoe and Rajon Rondo and the backup point guard situation, and for the second half, I'm going to answer fan questions, so um, be sure to get those in. You can leave them in a YouTube comment. You can tweet them at me, at Gary Kester uh, whatever you need to do. Um, so if you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, drop them in a comment and I will definitely take note of them and and get to those on the next, on the next episode. Um, if you're listening to this on whatever podcast platform, uh, you, are more than welcome to tweet them at me, uh, at Gary Kester and I will get to those as well. So uh, just let me know that they're they're for the pod. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm getting out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening. I always appreciate the support. I really can't say that enough. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for putting up with, with my sniffles and uh, this this being stuffed up in this cold that I'm in fighting. Hopefully, uh, the next time I record, it w- it'll be gone. So, we'll see. Uh, thank you guys again for tolerating that. And I uh, apologize if it sounded, um, if the quality sucks because of it, uh, doing everything I can to, to shake it. But, um, yeah. Again, I'm getting out of here. Thank you guys again for listening. And uh, for the Lakers Outsiders, this is Gary Kester signing off.